0: Welcome to Episode 32 of the IT Career Energizer, a weekly podcast where I chat with inspiring IT professionals, consultants and experts from around the world. Find out more about the podcast by visiting itcareerenergizer.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Corey House. Corey is a plural site author, Microsoft Most Valuable Professional, Software Architect, International Speaker, and Principal at React.js Consulting. He has trained over 10,000 software developers at conferences and businesses worldwide on clean coding practices, front-end development, testing, and software architecture. Corey currently specializes in JavaScript and front-end development using React. So Corey, can I ask you to expand on that brief bio and tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, I am from right in the middle of the United States, and uh, I'm someone that's been writing software for a long while, about 15 years. But I was, uh, I've was i been doing that professionally 15 years, been coding uh, for longer than that. Uh, I'm kind of odd because I had a, a real broad set of interests in software development most of my career. But the last uh, two or three years, I've decided to specialize in just front-end development, and I found that's really uh, accelerated my career since then.
0: Was there a particular reason why you chose that route?
1: Yeah, I think uh, what I often look for is what are the places that are changing rapidly? Because anytime that there's rapid change, there's also a lot of opportunity. So I think it was Eric Schmidt that said, uh, go where there's natural growth because natural growth creates all opportunities. So you really, you think about if you're if you're finding yourself trying to decide where to move, what to learn, looking for those places where a lot of people are struggling. They're struggling to find answers to, between many options. They're struggling to find best practices because it's new enough that it's a little unclear. Those are places that I really like to go. I mean, especially as, as somebody who speaks at a lot of conferences and also authors' courses online, it's the places that are currently hard and in flux where I can really help.
0: Can you share with us a unique career tip that the IT Career Energizer audience need to know and probably don't?
1: Yeah, I'd say my unique tip is that I believe every software developer should try speaking, whether that be at a a local user group, which is probably the most practical option, um, or also at a conference. Uh, That was the single change that I made that most accelerated my career. And unfortunately, I didn't come up with The idea of even trying it until I was already coding for over 10 years. And I think the reason a lot of people don't speak at conferences and user groups uh, or even lunch and learns in their office is they feel like they need to be the expert, that, that they need to feel like there's nobody that knows it better. And my message is all you need to have is knowledge to share and recognize that the people that want to learn from you will show up. And you, you need not be the world's foremost authority. What you need is to know something better than those that chose to be in your audience that day. So you may be choosing to do an introductory topic, and that's absolutely fine because the people that show up there are interested in an introductory level talk. Otherwise, they, they wouldn't have shown up at all. So there's really room for everybody at the table to get up and try speaking. And the reason that I emphasize this is Once you've taken that step, it's not merely that you have gotten your name out, which is obviously positive. It's also that you've now built up a new skill because public speaking is very commonly a fear for people. So when you choose to foster that skill, it really sets you apart. It makes you someone remarkable and special in software development because very few developers can get up in front of a room and not just can portray or convey information, but portray it in a very compelling and natural way that's entertaining to others, um, and that really helps get your message across.
0: Definitely, public speaking is something that um, a lot of people in IT tend to steer clear of. Mm -hmm. It's not something that comes naturally to a lot of people who work in this particular field.
1: Yeah, and I think that's precisely why it's such a powerful thing to focus on, because, again, what makes you remarkable, what makes you special, Uh, if you can take the thing that is often a natural weakness for people stereotypically in a field and make that your strength, then it makes you remarkable.
0: Yeah. I think you also make a good point about the fact that almost wherever you are, you're one step ahead of somebody else. So Mm -hmm. even if you know a little about something, that will be more than potentially an audience that you may attract. Exactly. Can you tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've got to rewind a lot of years, but it it, it comes to mind immediately. Uh, I made the mistake of coding while I had a movie on. And uh, there's this old rule of multitasking that multitasking is doing two things badly. Um, And that's precisely what I did at the time I was writing a script that would do a mass email for a law firm. And I made the mistake of thinking I could have a TV on at the same time, watch the movie sort of half and half. And because of that, I wasn't paying attention and accidentally emailed thousands and thousands of duplicate emails to people because I had no intent to send it that day, but one wrong command can (laughs) set things in motion. So uh, ever since then, I've recognized, I tend to code in silence. I, I often don't even listen to music because I've found uh, everybody's different. But for me, sitting in a quiet room is the best way for me to focus and know that I, I'm doing this one thing well. What was the impact of, of doing that? Uh, I had to apologize a lot and <laughs> uh, help with some cleanup there. The The sad fact was it um, it caused phones to ring off the hook for a while because you can imagine how people get very alarmed when they get dozens of the exact same email from a law firm. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I was, I was convinced I was going to get fired. I was a consultant for the gig, but, um, thankfully they, they understood and, um, let me have another shot at it.
0: <laughs> I remember a similar instance where I was working with somebody, uh, must be about 10 years ago. And she emailed out an email with a rather large attachment to the whole of the company. Um, And it just grounds the email server to almost a complete standstill. But she then decided the best thing to do was try to um, retrieve the email, which you could do from your your email client. And of course, that just doubled the load because it was then then trying to retrieve all these emails. So yes, it's amazing what you can do um, if you don't really think clearly about what you're trying to achieve.
1: Yeah, that's snowballing a problem.
0: Exactly, yes. Moving on from your worst moment, can you tell us about your IT career highlight or greatest success?
1: Uh, well, I, I suppose I would say one of my latest courses on Pluralsight is, is probably my greatest success. And I, I say that I've, I've authored a lot of courses over the years. And for those that aren't familiar with Pluralsight, it's online software training, lots of competition out there. But um, the reason I say it's a success was I put in a huge amount of time on it And then realized that the author of the framework was also authoring a course on a competing platform. And I was very thankful that at that moment uh, that I found out late enough that it was sort of too late for me to bail out because I'm sure a lot of people deal with imposter syndrome where you say, oh, well, wait, I can't compete with someone who clearly knows this topic better than me. Uh, and that was precisely my concern. But I, I was so far along in authoring the course, I went ahead and finished it thinking, well, what's what's the worst that can happen now? And what I came to realize was his course was excellent. Um, but his course was very, very different than mine because he presented it in a different way than me. He presented it more about how it worked, whereas I presented more how to use it in a specific way. So our two courses were, in fact, very complementary, different approaches, and it ended up being very successful. So I'd say the the highlight for me was this was actually ended up being my most successful course uh, by a fair amount. And ironically, it was the one that if if I had this foreknowledge that I was going to be competing with with someone like that, I would have thought that it wouldn't be worth doing at all. So I'd encourage people uh, maybe, maybe take the risk and recognize that, for instance, opening another pizza shop in your town it, it's not that the com- that your town necessarily needs another pizza shop, but there is a recognition that there's a lot of ways to make a pizza, and that's precisely why you can have dozens of different pizza shops in a large city because everybody has their own tastes and opinions on on what they're looking for. So don't let the fact that there is existing competition keep you from giving it a shot.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very good analogy as well. I think um, if you look at a lot of a lot of major shopping you know, malls or precincts or wherever, you'll find, for example, all the shoe shops tend to um, be located very close to each other because they're attracting Mm -hmm. the same individuals. So for the same reason, there's no reason why you can't be doing the same as somebody else.
1: Oh, that's a great comparison. I, I never thought about that. But yeah, you are right. I've seen that too.
0: Okay. What excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in general?
1: Well, I think increasingly we have this really powerful position to change the world software keeps becoming more and more dominant uh, as a way to automate away the the doldrums of life and increase quality and make things that formerly required a lot of concentration repeatable and reliable so what excites me is that we're going to continue to see that that occur so i see a lot of new opportunities in the future to, to use software to make life more luxurious and less stressful and um, also just more exciting. So I, I'm one of those people who loves learning. So the the fact that IT is changing all the time for me is a feature, not a bug. It, it is part of why I chose this career. And that's what excites me. I, I, I think it's, it's very clear that over the next decade, we're going to see probably accelerating change. And that is an opportunity if you're someone who's willing to embrace that and, and find a little niche where you can set yourself apart.
0: Yeah. There's, there's one thing you touched on it there, that the speed is ever increasing. Um, I wonder mm-hmm. if there's a, there's a limit to how fast we can go.
1: Well, I, I, I think what I'm seeing is there's a limit to how much any one person can keep up with. And the way that we are dealing with that is through specialization. So, and in fact, that's precisely why I say I've started to specialize in just JavaScript front end development, recognizing that I can't keep up with everything in software development at all. That's not even vaguely practical. But before I thought I could keep up with a few technologies. And now I realize I can really only keep up with, with two or three things yeah. and, and be be really good at those. So it, it's that whole trade-off between uh, breadth and, and uh, or I should say depth and breadth. But I think increasingly the the place to set yourself apart is by choosing depth.
0: It's time for the reveal round now. Are you ready for this? Absolutely. Okay. So what first attracted you to a career in IT?
1: Uh, the ability to build something that didn't exist from the ground up without needing any kind of money or a permission or even uh, help from an individual. I knew I could just search around and eventually find what I needed by just tinkering with it, which was fascinating.
0: What is the best career advice you've ever received?
1: Uh, so, so I would say be useful. <laughs> yes. it, it's really rather simple. Um, and I, I can't even remember who to attribute it to, but someone had said uh, that they would put that on a billboard. They, they felt like that's, that's just a good life summary. And I think if you have that in your head rather consistently, it helps filter out some of the, the distractions that are not necessarily useful. And, and you'll find that being useful is its own reward.
0: If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do?
1: I think I'd do what I'm doing now. I, I don't have a lot of uh, regrets there. I, I would probably specialize earlier than I did, but I think I think I would go into where I am because I've, I've been really happy with it. Uh, but that, that said, I, I'm convinced that people can become really good at just about anything and find it very fulfilling, that it's mastery of something that makes it fulfilling.
0: What career objectives are you currently focusing on?
1: So I'd say my objective is mastery in a few very specific technologies um, with a recognition that there are a few people out there that have the full grasp and that that gives me the power to lead uh, organizations and consult with others and have a vision for how to use it in the future.
0: What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far?
1: Oh, that's easy. Uh, Public speaking. Uh Um, Time and again, I I keep finding this because the, the public speaking thing has made every interaction with any other human easier. Because once you've gotten comfortable getting up in front of 500 software developers and selling them on an idea or a technology, it becomes surprisingly easy to talk to a manager or a team lead or some fellow developers to get an idea at work sold.
0: Corey, can you share a parting piece of advice with the IT Career Energizer audience?
1: Yeah, sure. I, I would say um, I would recommend reading the book Essentialism. Uh, that is one of the most impactful books that I've read, because what it really boils down to is stop asking yourself, uh, how can I do it all? And start asking yourself, what is the thing that I want to go big on? Yeah, And that mindset shift is wildly powerful, because it cuts the noise, which is all the things that you tend to be mediocre at, and gives you the free time to be really exceptional at the one thing that matters to you.
0: And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you?
1: Uh, So the best way to find me is on Twitter. I'm there way too often. I am HouseCore on Twitter, which is H-O-U-S-E-C-O-R.
0: Corey, thanks for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great talking with you
1: thanks for having me. This was
0: fun. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's great interview with Corey House. Full show notes can be found on the website at itcareerenergizer.com e32. In next week's episode, I'll be talking with Heather Downing, coder, entrepreneur, and host of the YouTube channel, The Hello World Show. And if you haven't done so already, please remember to subscribe to the podcast To get future episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer Podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit ITCareerEnergizer.com.